All right, everybody, I think we are live. We have finally made it. A little bit delayed here, but nonetheless, we are going to have a fantastic conversation here tonight. Another episode of the Pokemon Masterclass. And I've got my good friend, you guys know him well. Please welcome everybody, the one and only Poke Vault. Sean, what's up, buddy? <laughs> what's up, dude? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me back, man. I hey, appreciate dude, it. so so good to so good to have you. I didn't think that it was actually going to transpire. You know, I thought that the evil internet overlords were gonna were gonna take over us today. Yeah. So so two second backstory. We were slated to go at three thirty today, and eighteen minutes before we were supposed to start, I obviously set up. I'm ready, and my entire grid goes down for Wi-Fi. So it was obviously a sign. This is obviously going to do, it's going to be better for this episode, okay, a master class, because we're in a better time slot anyway. 3.30 is not a time slot. Mm -hmm. 6 o'clock is a time slot. So, but yeah, it was not meant to be then. And it came on an hour later, but, you know, here we are. I'm happy to be <laughs> it here. It never fails, dude. I, I tell you what, internet companies, really any utility company, it always is going to go down at the most inopportune times, right? Yeah. And they, they always give you that super vague, we were talking about like that super vague time frame. It's like, oh yeah, it should be on any time between now and like three hours from now, right? Yeah, no, it, it should be on between now and, and, and the time you pass away, but for sure <laughs> it's going to be on at some point. Right, you know? right. Well, yeah, dude, it, it's good to have you on here. It's been a, it's been a minute since we last spoke, and uh, we were talking about it for the the podcast. I mean, you've just made huge strides on your channel. You've got such a strong community, and uh, yeah. just loving everything that you're doing right now. On your way up to almost uh, getting close, getting closer and closer to ten thousand subs. I'm getting close to it, man. It it doesn't so. You know, I don't know how many people that are watching this now watched our first episode together. It was obviously different. The background didn't look the same. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no concept of how others were perceiving me. I had stuff going on all over the place. There's receipts over there, water heater. You know, I'm in my garage. I mean, it's just a mess. But since then, I've gotten so much help just from the community in general, whether it was, you know, good feedback or bad feedback, uh, being more comfortable in front of the camera, trying to understand you know, from my, from my viewer's point of view. So my earlier episodes, I'd be going, you know, a three minute intro and they're like fast forwarding, you know, and I'm seeing that through analytics. I mean, I'm just, like I said to you before we started this, I feel like I'm on the cusp of evolving into a Charmeleon. I'm like, a, I'm like a really strong Charmander right now. Like I'll burn <laughs> you real bad or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like right there, but yeah, I feel I feel good about this, man. It, it This is something that came about during lockdown, you know, and yeah. I did this with my daughter. Now my daughter is kind of shying away from it. I've talked to my wife. We're not overexposing her because she's starting to like pander to the camera and, and acting different mm -hmm. in, in not, you know, not in front of the camera. And we really did. I mean, you, you know, you're a father. We really didn't like that. So yeah. we kind of put a stop to that. But then it's already this thing. And there's 7,800 humans here now sometimes and i'm trying to still feed this this machine so mm -hmm. it's cool though man no dude I, I love i love what you're doing and and like i said you've got probably one of the strongest communities that i've seen you know for for 7800 of them they i mean they are 7800 strong and oh, they're all loyal there. subscribers yep. and followers to you it's it's really really cool to see yeah and and just some backstories for your some backstory for your viewers you you are one of the first people that I you know watched coming into the I, I've always been in 
the game some way, right? Collecting, mm-hmm. uh, trading with some of the bigger names in the in the community. But when I came to like a, when I wanted to get some like good sound advice on what's going on, trying to grasp a, you know, uh, a handle on the on what's going on, and you know, it, in the in the in the game right now, I'd always come to your channel. I always loved your content. I loved listening. You you kind of speak my language on my rational side. You know, like hey, what mm-hmm. should I, how should I jump in and out of this product into this set? So that's what I I always came to you for that, and I'm sure that's what your viewers you know, are watching you for, cause that's, I mean, you know, you can't put a price on that. You're doing it for free essentially, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, so. dude, I, I truly, I truly appreciate that. And, uh, it's always, it, it's always pretty baffling to me, you know, when, when people do say, Hey, you're, you know, your content and, and I'm sure you get the same thing as well. Hey, Pokeball, like your content really influenced me to start my own yeah. channel or yeah. it's, uh, it's given me a different outlook on how I want to invest or collect or maybe create a business around. And uh, for me personally, that was that was my big impetus for starting the channel was I've always been an entrepreneur. I've been a business guy. I've been an investor, former financial advisor. And I thought if there was one thing that I could bring to the hobby, it's maybe instilling in people or maybe encouraging them to look at something like Pokemon in a different light, maybe to uh, correspond that to the investing world of, of finance and be able to use a lot of those concepts and 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 strategies and use them in Pokemon. So it's, uh, it's, it's always fun. It's always fun to hear that. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more, man. And before I looked at it as purely a hobby and you and I both know when we started, it really wasn't profitable. A lot of times it wasn't profitable to buy into this, to this, to, to the hobby. It wasn't profitable really to go after graded slabs unless you hit that 10. Uh, a lot of times I was losing money grading slabs, but it was my, but it, it, that was, I love doing that. So that's my slab collection is so much stronger than my seal collection, right? So I never looked I never looked at it as a business. Then I started to listen to guys like you. I started to listen to other guys. You know, I'm listening to Z. I'm listening to other people and they're like, hey, this could be a business. So then I started buying strategically. I'm listening to what you're saying. You're saying, hey, this set's hot for this reason. I started looking at sets differently other than what's that one chase card. Mm-hmm. And, and I started to develop that and now I mean, if you look, even with people saying Pokemon's down right now, if they looked at, I've had multiple videos where I talked about where I started. If you went back to 2015 and compared it to now, you would be a genius. You would be a a connoisseur in the stock market. If you compared it to the stock market, you would be a multimillionaire Mm -hmm. if you were buying on that level with the type of returns that you're seeing. You know, imagine if you were in the stock, I mean, you know, the stock market, imagine if you could peg a, 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 a stock and the share goes up three times in two months. And then you, I mean, and you knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You would be, you would be at the top of any, uh, of any, you know, uh, a lending institute or, or trading institute. You would mm-hmm. be someone people would go to, yeah. you know, yeah. so. And yeah, it's, well, it's really interesting too, because, you know, t- talking about those early years back when when I got back into the hobby back in early 2016, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, it was It's like a catch-22 because back then, talking about graded cards, I could send a card into PSA and I'd get it back no later than a month. I mean, 30 days max. I was getting And it cost you $7 dollars to, to grade it. Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, it was hard to move those cards because people just weren't familiar with 
grading and graded cards and and the premiums that that generally come along with something like that so you had this catch-22 where you could get cards back a lot but it was really hard to churn uh, that type of product and and nothing to be said about sealed products as well I mean sealed products were it was just something that wasn't on it wasn't in the social consciousness I think of most most people there were still collectors that that thought that was cool and that that was neat but it really wasn't until to me it really wasn't until something like the 20th anniversary like evolutions it really wasn't until something like hidden fates really took off where you started to see within a few short months the value of sealed products really start to rise and then people started to think to themselves oh well that makes sense because over time this supply is going to go down right there's always going to be graded cards that come back onto the market but those sealed products that you're trying to get those cards from the supply of that is always going to go down. I mean, it's really economics 101, but uh, it's just, it's interesting how the hobby has changed. It's re- it's interesting how the the thinking and the, the zeitgeist has changed within the hobby over the years. And interestingly enough, I feel like everything comes around full circle because now we're back in a position where something like graded cards we we could flip them right you could flip graded cards pretty easily and pretty quickly but you just can't get them graded no <clears throat> so unless you've got a graded collection at your disposal <clears throat> you're going to have to spend an exorbitant amount of money to get those cards graded the, the days are long gone of seven dollar eight eight dollar graded cards and now you you have to think to yourself am i willing to wait seven eight nine months to get a card back to try to get that back out onto the secondary market. I, I, and I think that that's optimistic at this point because I have about 700 cards at PSA right now. No joke. Between myself and then I have a few hundred for, for some friends. And this is back when you could do that, the friend thing, because you could just mm-hmm. submit it. For for the people watching, for just a little backstory, PSA is closed. And it has been closed for for bulk submissions for months now. They were supposed to open last month, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and for bulk submissions. And bulk submissions went from, you could get a deal if you did 100 cards, you could do them $5 a card, then six, then seven, then 10, then 15, then 20. Then they were receiving half a million cards a day, and then they closed. I just kind of like captured three years just for you guys, right, of grading. Now they're closed to bulk submissions. The lowest end submission that you can do right now is $150 mm-hmm. for a $4,999 declared value towards the end, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So that makes it practically impossible to grade anything that could even have a chance of coming back at less than that. So there's no possibility of flipping cards anymore. And now you're forced into a position where there's a huge market share that can be captured by by other grading uh, services, CGC, ECG, B- BGS, but they don't carry the same weight as a PSA card just Mm -hmm. in general I don't think that there's enough um, market knowledge or confidence in other grading services and then there's just an allure there's a prestige there's a premium for PSA cards and it's put us in a really weird position for those of us that were using PSA cards actually as a small business Mm -hmm. feeding the junk slab uh, you know 
thing, you know, or whatever, if that's an actual thing. I don't know if that's a thing. I'm not crazy about the, the word junk slab anymore because I think that there's a graded card for every level of collector. So I'm not I'm not crazy about that, but we're in a weird place and and PSA. So I have a rep at PSA and I talk to him regularly as much as I can. And he goes, listen, I don't know who I work with anymore. We've hired a hundred, you know, a hundred times over new people. They're trying to build out infrastructure and they're using the C, you know, the the uh, AI for grading mm-hmm. and they're trying to catch up on their backlog. They still have they're in for just to give you an idea now, they're into October of last year for bulk submission still for for so there if, if you get what I'm right you know what I'm saying but like mm-hmm. for the people watching they're still grading a backlog from October of 2020 and that's how they that's how they keep you know they move in line right for first come first serve so they're still a year out easy mm-hmm. on anything submitted you know so I don't know man that's tough that's a tough one yeah, and uh, you know, I went with my last two submissions through uh, Graded Gem because I felt like sure. they were still the uh, you know a really good option because I was able to get cards graded for essentially eight dollars a card, and uh, I think for Graded Gem, I think they're around August bulk submissions from last year. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I I, I did a submission in. October of last year and then also in February of this year. So I'm really not expecting to get anything back until probably probably beginning of next year is probably at the earliest. Which is crazy to even, I mean, but it goes along with, you know, which I'm sure we're going to get into supply chain issues and all this other stuff. It seems like everything is just backordered. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were so spoiled. I used to be able to send in 200 cards off the rip and get them back in in three to four weeks yeah. for seven dollars a piece. I mean, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful thing for a second, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and it's one of those things that you know, I always talk about. To be in this hobby, especially in this day and age, I think you have to be malleable. You have to be able right. to adapt to the changing market because it's always changing. So, if that was your business model before, or this was your way of generating cash flow. Well, you're going to have to start to think of other ways now. There's you, with the with the backlog, and as long as it takes, now you have to start looking at other means of trying to create that cash flow, and maybe look at graded cards as more of a kind of a long term type of thing, right? Like this is like your this is like your uh, it's not your quick flip in the sense like I'm in uh, the real estate market as well. So this would be sort of analogous to like your long term rental property, right? It's that cash flow, that smaller cash flow that you generate over time, you'll allow the property to appreciate and then you sell it at a higher price later on down the road. Whereas you can go in by a foreclosure, Right, that's the way it used to be. You go in, you buy, you pick it up for cheap, you you get it, uh, ref, you get it refurbished, renovated, and then you flip it for a profit. Kind of the same thing with uh, with the graded card world. And and before, so when we could get cards back in three to four weeks, and I hit that PSA ten because another thing is their standards were much more lax back then, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and they've become much more inconsistently strict, is how I would describe it. Because I have gotten returns back in this time, a little bit, you know, little by little. And they become very inconsistently strict or inconsistently kind of more lax. It's I can't, it's weird. Some depending on what you're grading, mm-hmm. but but like back then you could if I got a PSA 10, I had a hard time fl- selling that card and realizing the value. Then now if I get a PSA 10 back, I'm probably going to bury it in the backyard. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like uh, because I just know I'm never going to see that card again. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I got, I got a PSA 10 staff Charizard back and it, and it was right when they locked down and then I got it back. It was supposed to be a month and it took seven months. I was going to flip that thing. Cause there were, it was selling for 3,500 bucks. And I was like, I'm going to use this to buy some seal product. Mm-hmm. I got it back. It's still, it's still, in, it's still in the vault. It's still in the safe over there. I'm, yeah. It's not going because I'll, I'll never get that card again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like that. Well, and and it's interesting you bring that up too because I've said the same thing about CGC. You know, we talk a lot about PSA, but CGC tens, those are almost non-existent out there. I've only seen two. I two same. cards I've seen that one. I've, I've seen. Yeah. That, that have come back as CGC 10. Uh, unfortunately, I've never actually held one in my hand, but I have only witnessed two CGC 10s out there. And uh, to me, that's almost like, that's almost like a black label. I was just going to say that. It's it, a BGS black label. That, I was just going to say like that. It's almost like a black label. And I yeah. would say to people, if you have, <clears throat> if you have a CGC 10, in your possession, I don't think it really matters what the card is. I don't care if it's a common, if it's a right. if it's a modern full art, it, whatever it is. That that in and of itself, I think, is going to hold a really high premium, and and that may be one thing that you want to hold on to for a little while, because I think more and more people will realize just how scarce CGC tens are and and are going to be for the foreseeable future, and so you might you might be well off just getting any cgc tens that you can pick up with regardless of card i've never held one myself either but i couldn't agree with you more because if we think about it cgc doesn't have the the market what's the word i'm looking for the rec the the how recognizable it is right it doesn't mm-hmm. it's not solidified as much as let's say psa two things could happen PSA stops, they become stagnant and they're not grading anymore. CGC gains huge market share and then also the confidence of the people grading. And then the value starts to meet the confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a CGC 10, which they never gave out anyway. Right. I mean, you could really have a premium product there. I mean, like the blacklist, I look, remember when Hidden Fates came out and the moment it came out, people were sending in the shiny Charizards left and right. Mm-hmm. The first BGS Black Label 10 comes out it sells for ten thousand dollars. Oh yeah, I mean, <sighs> that guy was a genius. But, um, but yeah, I mean, instant. I mean, talk about realizing your the value and the equity. I mean, mm-hmm. instantly. So, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I think uh, this is a good segue to talk about shortages because that's really what we're discussing here is like shortages of product, scarcity, things like that. Before we move into that, though, I want to give a big shout out. Uh, we got a couple uh, super chats in here. Pokey Dog. Hey, Pokey Dog, thanks for that $5 super chat, my man. Y'all are legends. Thanks for the inspiration, both of you. I really like Pokey Dog. I watch, I watch his videos too. Talking about doing, he, he, yep. he does some videos with his daughter as well, which are, are really fun. And then also Tyler Reagan, uh, shout out to the Vault Squad and PokeNav. Hashtag Road to 10K. Love it. So, so Tyler, yeah, shout out to Tyler and shout out to Pokey Dog. But Tyler... He is our mod of mods. He he mods our Discord. He mods our he mods our YouTube. There's other mods, but that dude, he I don't know if he sleeps, and he's <laughs> he's he's one of the he's always in there refing the mod because people get it get into it in there. We have a or refing the the Discord, mm-hmm. but we'll, you know, yeah. Shout out to Tyler. He is all over the place. That guy is like I don't know. 
He's like like a shadow. He's there. Yeah. Waiting no, I, I, no I see him in a guy. lot of chats. It, it yeah. really doesn't matter what the channel is. If it's a Pokemon channel, you can you can find that guy in there. His, his whole family. His 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 wife is the same. His wife loves the hobby. They both they just they're just happy people, and mm -hmm. they just love to be here. Which is, I mean, you know, that's it. That's that's what it's about. For you sure. Know? For sure. Yeah. Well, again, right, big shortages. shout out to you guys. Appreciate that. So let's jump into this here. Let's jump into these shortages because I'm interested to get your take on this. I recently made a video. Uh, we found out, well, we were hearing it through the grapevine, through our distributors that uh, Fusion Strike was going to be rough, that it was yep. going to be really, really rough, that there's this supposed printing error that has occurred, some kind of printer, uh, printing uh, malfunction that is ultimately resulting in what we're expecting as a 70% supply cut so i i, I want to get your opinion on this because it's it's really baffling to me because i remember when we were talking before and this was months ago yeah and we were both saying hey man i think by fourth quarter 2021 we should Style. be out of it by that we're, point we're, we're, yeah. we'll be back to normal things will be rolling smoothly yeah and here we are man yeah here we are once again it sounds like like uh, like a dream for Rusty at TCA Gaming. A bunch of error cards, seventy percent error cards. You know, <laughs> yeah. but if, I mean, no one saw that coming. And then the I, I'm convinced on some level. Obviously, the demand never left. Right? Our Pokemon. I don't care what anyone says. The TCG, the hobby itself, is probably the strongest I've ever seen it. It is. It is very strong. Mm -hmm. regardless of up or down what you're buying i mean there's anomalies everywhere on stuff that's high stuff that's low and we can talk about that but as far as supply goes i think this has to do with uh, it's on it's more on uh like a global scale in a sense a lot i think too because there's shortages in everything so even in my business and this can apply for pokemon also there's shortages when it comes to raw materials obviously pokemon is paper Okay, but it could come down to even the foil that they're using, whatever it is, the plastics that they wrap the boxes in. There's certain delays that we can't even begin to comprehend because the, the globe itself is, is, is experiencing these shortages in all different types of raw materials. Not only that, but then transit. So there's container shortages, there's truck shortages to load the containers. The port of Long Beach itself, depending on where the product comes in from, mm -hmm. is clogged. It has 70 vessels floating at the port of long beach wow. so there is there is so much happening around this that i think there's so there's problem there's a problem getting food to the table and you have a a, a table full of people trying to eat you know and it's it's like that that's how i see it you know and with the shortages i'm just happy that they're saying it's only a month you know that we have to wait for second wave first wave third wave whatever it is um but yeah, it's felt good for a second. Um, we had product for a second, and then now we're in a drought again. Because I gauge it by my local Target. If they're, because I know that there's workers there that are stealing the stuff. It doesn't even hit the shelves. Mm -hmm. If there's stuff on those shelves, then the world is right again. I remember putting it in Discord. I'm like, I'm like, we're out. We're saved. <laughs> I, there, there was evolving skies blisters on the on on the sh uh, you know hung up. There was singles up there. Four not four eighty four forty nine. We're back. You know whatever. And then I go there the next day because the place I like to eat is right next door. It's uh, it was gone, mm -hmm. it was gone, you know. Mm -hmm. So, 
and they have a limit of what you can buy. I mean, I don't know. What are your what are your I, I what are your thoughts on that? I think it's like there's so many storms happening that are hurting supply. You know. So what I worry about is we we exist in a time where Pokemon has initiated this three wave system where you right. will get your first uh, release and then you will get two subsequent waves. Well, what we were finding was there was about a three-month hiatus, roughly, between initial release and, and subsequent waves. So from first to second, about three months, second to third, about three months. So we were actually supposed to get another wave, the third and final wave of battle styles in September, which would have fit perfectly. That would have been about three months in between first wave to second to third. Well, the 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 problem with that is that pokemon doesn't actually let you know when those subsequent waves are going to happen it's all kept under wraps the only time that you actually know when that when it's actually occurring is you're getting your invoice and you're getting a tracking number basically saying hey it's on the way right. well this is one of the few times where they actually must have said something to the distributors distributors then passed it along to the resellers that battle styles was being postponed to October okay so now what you've got you've got arguably one of the busiest quarters of the year you've got a month where you're supposed to release one of your hottest most anticipated sets in recent memory in celebrations so you've got to try to get enough stock out there in the month of October you've got to try to get another wave of battle styles out in October less than a month later you have to get Fusion Strike out there. Well, guess what? Now we're getting into the territory of we're looking at the second wave of Chilling Rain, right? Now we're getting into December. They're starting to put out these new collection boxes that are supposed to be releasing in December. So now you've got a whole line of other tangential products that have to mm -hmm. be released. And then what about that next wave of evolving skies? So I feel like what's happening here is they're creating this huge bottleneck where there's mm. so many sets and there's so many products that have to be released. And when you start pushing out these waves, you start running into a point where they just don't have the manpower. And mm. is there going to come a point, which we've, we've seen it before, where they just say, you know what? We're just not going to do that next wave. We're just not. We're just not going to do another wave. We're just not going to release it. And then you, you know, and then you run into 2022. And the other problem with it is that Pokemon also shares printing facilities with other TCGs. They don't have sure. their own printing facilities. So now you're trying to allocate time on these these printers with all of these other TCGs in conjunction with trying to release all of these waves and all of these subsequent releases. And it just, to me, it just spells disaster. It spells disaster. And on top of that, you also, and this is where I kind of have a little bit of a cognitive dissonance when I look at this, is that we can have a set like Fusion Strike where they say, oh, there's a there was a printing error. There was a, some kind of malfunction, whatever. Yeah. And we can't get it out. Or we can get something like Evolving Skies where 
you know, first wave is decent, but now we're saying that celebrations is supposed to be shorted, but then we can have a print to demand set like uh, battle styles where they can just print that first wave or they can release that first wave and second wave into oblivion, but we can't do it with subsequent sets. And that's why it just, it just never really makes any sense. Like when you feel like you're starting to get a grasp on what they're doing and the strategies that they're employing, and you try to be able to relate that to the community, they throw a complete 360 on you. And you're, yeah. and then you're just like, okay, I have I have no idea what's going on now. Yeah, yeah, battle battle styles kind of that's a funny that I'm glad you brought that up because battle styles was one of those sets that people were excited when it came out. Uh I opened I opened a good amount of it. I like the set. I think it's a strong set. I like some of the artworks, you know what I mean? It did it's the first child of like, you know, four that came out right after it. I think, you know, Evolving Skies is goaded as a set. Um, I, as, when I got into that set, th just the artworks are just mm -hmm. insane. There's so many chase cards, right? So everyone wants that. Chilling Rain is also a good set. There's, it's better. I would say it's better than Battle Styles, but just by a little bit. But Battle Styles now is that redheaded stepchild. And at the time, you could get any as much as you wanted. And I was buying it from Rusty for literally wholesale because he had to move it because he mm -hmm. ordered so much of it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And he, he had he had to move it. So I was trying to buy as much as I could here and there. And I'm still trying to buy Hidden Fates. And and it's like now I I don't even know what to recommend to people what to get into because they're like, is Battle Styles a good buy? And I'm like, I mean, I yeah, sure. I I, I think anything is you know, uh, whatever you can get your 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 hands on. Uh, battle styles is, is is a tough one because i don't know i still think there's a lot of it i still think there's a lot of you know you can get it for decently you know for a decent price um and then like for the way as far as the waves are concerned i would always buy i would let the those set cool off you know it come mm -hmm. out super hot and then singles is where it's at if you guys want i mean if you want to have you know if, you know pro tip uh, sing, you, if you want to open up a bunch of the newest set and sell the singles, you know, sell the biggest hits, that's where you're going to make your money if you're trying to do that. Mm -hmm. But I would always buy in the middle when it's cooled off. And then once it's out of print, that's when I start. To, that's when I really start to, you know, to, to buy when it, when I feel like it's going to go back up. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man, it, we're no, it's, it's, it's weird, you know, it, battle styles, you could, you could get as much as you wanted, but like, I can't get some more chilling rain. I can't get any more, you know, like. Evolving Skies was gone as soon as it came in. Mm -hmm. I got I got forty percent of my allocation. I mean, you have a business revolving around it, so I don't. Even, I can't imagine what you're going through mm -hmm. and trying to get your customers' product right. I mean, it's a nightmare, dude. Yeah, it's, dude. It's a it's a nightmare because just when you think that you're starting to turn the corner on it, like mm -hmm. we were talking about, then something like this happens. And yeah. the wave system has sucked from the beginning because if we were able to just get our full allocation right up front like everybody's taken care of like members are taken care of everybody's good to go but when they break it up on these waves then it's like okay we're, we're gonna give you maybe 40 percent in the first wave and then you'll get maybe 30 percent and then 30 percent or something like that and it's just and you don't know when those those next waves are gonna be we had an idea because we were starting to see a trend, but then now when they get pushed out and they get pushed further and further and further, <clears throat> before you know it, and you know, by the time the last wave of battle styles comes around, what are booster boxes going to be at at that point? You know, <laughs> they were they were dropping down below 
$90 a, a booster box. And I was telling people too, I was like, folks, if you're gonna buy them, buy them now. Now. Buy them now. now. And everybody's yeah. like, oh no, Battle Styles is done. It's it's crashed. It's it's you know. And here we are. The booster boxes are now getting over a hundred dollars a booster box. Uh Evolving <laughs> Skies. Uh you know, we were selling that for like $93 a box, and now it's at $180, $180 to $200. Because you, no you can't get it. You, look, you can't get it. People any. people were getting a portion of their allocation. A portion of a portion sometimes i mean even when they had it set out like what you're supposed to get then like my lcs i have a really cool deal with him and he gives me very good pricing i do a collab with him with the channel and all that and but even he's getting a portion of his portion so then obviously it drives up the price it drives up the the demand you know because mm -hmm. people there's not there's not enough of it like like i have a bunch of etbs of evolving skies i'm just not going to open it right now Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as soon as as soon as the Pokemon company says, okay, we're slated to release the second wave and we're good, I'll start opening that again mm -hmm. because I don't know where it's going to be. And it's not that I'm going to keep it to sell it, but I'm going to keep it to open it for the channel when there is none on the streets. Mm -hmm. You know, so so I mean, I'm trying to like, I couldn't imagine what you're going through, bro, because I, you know, the, not being able to provide your members with the product, it kills customer satisfaction. It kills, you know, the anticipation and the perception of how your business can function mm -hmm. when you don't even know what your suppliers are doing when you're in the dark, you yeah. know? Well, that's, and that's uh, what I, that's what I try to relay to people is one of the most frustrating things about being in this business is the lack of transparency from the top down. Pokemon yeah. doesn't relay any type of information to the distributors and subsequently we don't get any information either. So you're really left in the dark on a lot of this and then you've got your community, you've got members, you've got customers that are like, hey man, like when are we getting product? And it's like, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you because it's, it's frustrating for everybody and it's really frustrating for us because we would like to let them know. You know, we would like to let them know, hey, yeah, that next wave is coming. Um, we've got trends that we're looking at, so we're anticipating it for this time, but then, you know, it just gets pushed back. You think that the supply has turned the corner and then you hear about fusion strikes, 70% cuts. And it's just like, well, what do you, you know, what do you do? What <laughs> What's do you next? Do? Yeah. yeah. It, and your so your membership customers, I would relate to as my, as my live event customers. Okay. So I have like a very dedicated group that are always in the lives. I have more mouths than I can feed because mm -hmm. before my live events, I would never have to go out and buy 200 packs of anything unless I was, you know, I don't know, like I, I was really making a move on a set. Now everyone wants to open evolving skies. I don't have enough to give them at a, at a reasonable price, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's going to be unreasonable because I would have to buy sealed product, which is at a premium to then break it down and sell it to them per pack. Right? So now I'm out on the streets trying to find, you know, a hundred packs of evolutions or cosmic eclipse so I can feed them and get them to when the new sets come out. Cause they all want the new sets, you mm -hmm. know, rightfully so. And they want to see, you know, me, you know, a grown man dance around in my garage and, and open up Pokemon cards for them. Mm -hmm. So the, so I'm, I'm in a weird place now too, where I'm trying to get creative. I'm going buffet style. I'm doing, Hey, you get one of this pack, one of this pack, one of this pack. And, and I can't get into the new sets cause I can't get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I've gone to my LCS one. I go to them once a week. I'm like, Hey, did anyone cancel their order? Did anyone, you know? And he's like, no dude, like we're, we're all, you know, more in the same spot as you. Yeah. So, yeah. 
That's tough. Man. <clears throat> well, and the thing is, again, if Pokemon went back to the old way of doing things, of where it was just all one release, we mm. would have plenty of products. Honestly, for us personally, right. we would have plenty of products for members. But when they when they cut it up like that, and they cut it up into those three waves, and they say, okay, this is how much you're going to get in the first, this is how much you're going to get in the second, and in the third, it's already tough, right, to get a good allocation of products. Like, you have to be spending a lot of money. I mean, dude, like, I'll be quite frank with you. Like, we're pushing 60, 70 thousand dollars every single month every single that's month crazy. that's crazy and the the supply or the allocations are already limited just based upon that spend and then beyond that you you tell your resellers okay you're only going to get this much in this wave and now you got to wait for the subsequent waves it could be i mean honestly i would not be surprised if Let's take Evolving Skies, for instance. I would not be surprised if it wasn't second quarter of next year before we finally saw the third wave of Evolving Skies. Because like I said, everything is 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 forming into a bottleneck where there's just so there's so much releasing and Pokémon's constantly trying to put out more products on top of set releases and then you're trying to mash in these other waves. Because I think what a lot of people, I think what they envision is that Pokemon's got all this stock of these waves and it's just sitting there and they're just like, all right, wave one, send it it's out. Not, it's all right, not wave true. two, send it out. Like <laughs> yeah. they're, they're printing these, right? So yeah. they know all of the numbers and they, and that's why they're breaking it up is to try to mitigate a lot of that initial bottleneck. So they say, okay, we're going to print this much in this wave. We'll print this much in this wave. We'll print this much in the in the final wave. But if they fall into a predicament where they're like, oh, we got celebrations coming out this month, but we got that third wave of battle styles. Well, celebration's going to take precedence because they want to sure. get that first release out on time. And then you're running into that issue now where it's like, okay, we're getting all the celebrations out. We got to get those printers ready for Fusion Strike that's coming out in November. Ooh, now we got another collection box that's coming out in December and it's just like this endless cycle and I and that's where I just cannot wrap my head around how they're going to dig themselves out of this unless they actually develop their own printing facilities that are solely dedicated to Pokemon products. I just don't know how we 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 get out of this mess. Which I can't believe they don't have number one because they probably they they for sure have the capital to mm -hmm. do that. Um, but like if you think of it, so people are you know, a lot of times it's like on a very basic level on how they're thinking like oh I can't get product okay fine, but it creates a very predatory situation for people that can can take advantage of what's going on. If you know what's going on. So let's think of the three waves and let's say they're spaced three months apart. So you have not, you have a nine month opportunity to take advantage, right? Mm -hmm. If you buy it real low and then you wait for the demand to go insane and then wait until, and then wait until, um, you know, people want it so bad, then they sell it for double. And then the second wave comes out. We've seen it with other sets. Then all of a sudden the booster box price goes back down mm -hmm. to like 120, 130. And now you have people that bought them at $200 and they've lost 40%. And then you have guys that made 
a hundred percent, you know? Mm -hmm. So please, please take your brother inside. Sorry, dude. Oh no, you're my, good. My daughter, my daughter's fine. Okay. <laughs> please please take your brother inside, please. Hey, I, go, I, go, I know go. that life, man. That's why I, I, I always got to lock the door because you never know when they're going to bust in. Dude, I, it, you know, this is, this is the, this is the life. <laughs> she just, this is what I'm saying. She wanted to come out and say hi. Okay. Take your brother in, please. I'm so sorry, man. Well, and the one we thing go. that I, I will add to that as well is, you know, when you're, when you're looking at this and you're, you're starting, you're trying to, to analyze it and you start to see those fluctuations in prices, you know, over the, uh, the, the subsequent waves, you can really play it very, very smartly, right? Um, the other side of that is pre-orders, okay? This is where a lot of people run into trouble and especially people that are pre-ordering a month, sometimes even two months in advance and people are putting up a pre-order price. You see this a lot in Magic, right? Yeah. It's not so much in Pokemon, but you see this a lot in Magic where people pre-order products at a certain price, right? And if on release, that set pops off and let's say you pre-ordered a draft booster from Magic for, oh, I don't know, $80 a box and that draft booster then goes up to 120, well, hey, it's all great. Mm -hmm. But you have instances where that will drop the set flops and then it drops and people are going people are saying hey where i want a refund right <laughs> i want right. to i want to they're going to their card store owner or whoever they pre-ordered from they say i want to i want a refund on that and it's like well no like that's that's yeah. just how the the market has has reacted um yeah. but with pokemon it can be something similar as well and i would caution people out there with Pokemon especially, if you are pre-ordering from somebody that far in advance, chances are there's there's a good chance that your pre-order is going to get canceled. Because I can tell you right now, having dealt with a lot of distributors, uh, you really don't get your numbers until a few weeks uh, minimum before mm -hmm. the release. Firm numbers, because those numbers can, and they do, change and uh and, and the last thing that you know you or for us that we want is to guarantee a certain amount of products to people and then have to say oh sorry guys we we had to cancel so many of these and uh so I, that that is a word of caution that uh i would put out there to folks yeah it, it puts people like you in an impossible situation for me i can whatever i can go out and buy whatever but you have people that have likely paid you or a portion of or they're expecting product at a certain amount of time and you're at the mercy of powers and forces that you have zero control over mm -hmm. so which makes it very difficult and then you're taking the heat for you know people being upset and delays when the pokemon company is just sitting there you know saying you'll get it when you get it and you'll be mm -hmm. happy you know that's that that's not easy that's not easy to do man yeah so and it's i don't envy you and it's it's tough, you know. It's 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 tough to operate in this environment, but at the same time, um, you know, when you're creating a business, you you know this. When you're when you're an entrepreneur, you understand that you're going to go through peaks and valleys, right? You're going to go through peaks and valleys. Every business experiences that. Every business owner experiences that. And ultimately, over time, um, the people that support you, the people that are tried and true subscribers members things like that 
they're going to be paid the dividends later on down the line. When we when you all weather those tough times together, uh, you all come out way ahead, you know, years down the road. So, um, you know, that's what I would say to to people out there that may be discouraged with everything that's going on right now. It will turn around at some point, you know, at, at, I'm not going to give a, a date uh, right. based upon everything that's gone on and, and how much it's changed. But I would just say, keep your head up. Um, and, you know, it's in these times that it's more important than ever to be buying from uh, reliable sources, especially when we get into something like Fusion Strike. That is prime breeding grounds for um, for scammers, for scalpers. Do not go to the eBay page with, you know, the two uh, reviews on it and, you know, expect to get pre-orders from there. Because... Or it says China at the bottom, <laughs> yeah, like right, like right exactly. there, you know? Yeah. Don't do it. Read the reviews. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, man, I was just, I'm interested, I was interested to get your take on that, on, on the shortages, kind of what your perspective was on it and uh, kind of how you plan on, on navigating that, that whole battlefield. I, I'm okay. I live by, I live by a few rules. Okay. And I've said, I don't know if I've said them all at once in my episodes, but you know, my, when I, when I, when I, when I try to invest and buy into things, there's certain angles that I try to, um, take advantage of, or that I try to attack. I don't look at it. Like there's so like yourself, like there's, there's so many more things that you're looking at than I am. Right. I'm just trying to kind of work an angle when I buy into stuff. I ask myself a few questions. Let's say I'm buying a booster box, right? I get I've gotten a lot of heat. I said vivid voltage at 180 was a good price. And then and then the next and then the next round came up and then vivid voltage went down to 110, 120. I had people commenting saying I'm a psychopath and that, you know, like how could you say this, blah blah. blah. And I'd have to tell them, when I give investing uh advice, it's not for 4 to 5 weeks. It's for 4 to 5 years. Mm -hmm. And and then we'll reassess. Let's let it go out of print. And then we'll see how you've done. Then come back to me. Don't yell mm -hmm. at me after four to five weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So I asked myself, here's here's here are a few like just pro tips, basic like uh rules that I live by when I buy into stuff. Let's say for battle styles, for example, if I bought 50 boxes of battle styles at $89, I asked myself, will this set when it's out of print ever be less than $89? I don't care if it's Crimson Invasion, okay? Everyone Steam hates that Siege. set. Steam Siege is the worst set <laughs> other than Supreme Victors or something like that. No, I like Supreme Victors. <laughs> but Steam Siege is the worst set right in modern history for Pokemon. It's worth $250 for a box, something like that. Mm -hmm. If it, So I always ask myself that, and I say that to all my viewers. I don't care what it is. Even if you're buying it for three times retail, let's look at Hidden Fates, okay? Hidden Fates obviously went from retail price for an ETB, I'm sorry, for an ETB. Then to 150 and 200 during the hype. Then it came back to one down to 100. People offloaded, and I was like, "When it, when we're down the road, four to five years, is this box going to be worth less than 100 dollars?" Let's get real. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Hidden right. Fates is going to age so well. Okay, mm -hmm. along with other sets. But if you're strategically trying to buy, even if I am not a huge fan of battle styles, which I'm not, that box is never going to be worth less than 89 dollars delivered. Ever as and that and you could buy. I bought so many chilling rain ETBs for thirty nine, thirty eight dollars or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. For it was it was crazy. It was less than than retail pricing. I'm like long term. 
these things are these the these are just going to multiply and even better for me because in 10 years from now i'm going to have a real easy time selling 50 booster boxes of battle styles for 500 a piece because i don't really like the set and i'll keep a few for myself mm -hmm. so there, there's so much that goes into it so you know you just can't look at the short term of it i don't want to talk about any of my investing tips personally unless the set is out of print mm -hmm. and then we can and then we can discuss how bad or how you know how good or how or how bad we did mm -hmm. you know same with singles i give singles uh you know i do investing videos on singles and i take in there's another thing okay so great here's another pro tip a graded slab right now the vintage graded slab psa 10 world is kind of on its head a little bit you know you could mm -hmm. get right now i can i just bought a hollow muck from fossil in a psa 10 it's unlimited non-first edition and i bought it for a hundred and sixty dollars delivered okay mm -hmm. here's my here's here's my thought process on this how much is a sealed pack of fossil right now and you know god willing it's unweighed okay maybe two two fifty somewhere in there okay so follow me on this so that's two two fifty best case scenario it's not waiting you pull a hollow doesn't matter what hollow but hooray you pull the hollow then you have to get it graded. You can't get it graded right now in PSA. It's going to cost you $150 to get it graded. If you can buy a PSA 10 hollow in any vintage Wizards of the Coast set for less than the price of a pack, I think it's a good buy long term for all of those reasons. And I preach that on my channel. And I've made huge return. Well, not returns because I don't sell them, but they're mm -hmm. worth more than when I bought them or mm -hmm. grade. You know what I mean? But when I bought them, I bought, P I bought so many PSA 10s using that that kind of uh angle because long term vintage is going to pick right back it, there's it's gonna it's you know it's it's just gonna go right back up again right. and you know like right now you can get you you can buy vintage watsy psa 10s for less than contemporary psa 10s but that's because you can't get the contemporary ones right there's no supply mm -hmm. but that's my you know that's that's a big pro tip for me that's i live by that dude that's so, raw cards too yeah that like you look at raw cards you look at raw wizards of the coast cards you look at modern you know like full art cards and stuff i mean i've got i've got cards here you know like like this uh giovanni's gyarados mm -hmm. we've got japanese umbreon neo 4 i mean a lot of these cards singles going for less than the modern stuff and it's it's really it's wild it's wild to me it's just yeah. wild like I, I can go through and I can comb through pokey data and I and I just look at that dissonance there and it just it makes no sense to me it makes no sense at all are you ready for this play okay real life story I have I have I've gotten a shadowless five years ago it intrigued me I, if you don't know what shadowless is it's in the base not for you but for your for the viewers it's in base set. It fell. It fell after first edition and before base set unlimited. They have a certain shadow. You can Google it, right? So shadowless. Mm -hmm. I got into shadowless really hard. I really loved the set. I thought it was unique. I thought it was. An, I thought it was definitely an exploitable angle as far as investing is concerned because it was. It's so. It's so limited. I graded a bunch of it. I got. I graded a few PSA nine Charizards. I was going for the ten back then. You could buy a PSA ten Shadowless Charizard. There's twelve in the world, and you could buy them for twelve hundred bucks. It was just like stupid. Whatever it was, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but it was cheap. I just traded a guy. I made a video on it two months ago. I traded him for seventeen uh, unlimited Jim Hollows. I got Blaine's Charizard in a PSA ten. That Gyarados that you just showed. 
the other Gyarados. So go down the, the the line. I traded that one PSA nine Charizard for, and and then one other card, and I went into PSA ten gym, and I'll tell you why. For those reasons, on the PSA ten, I, I, I the, there's going to be a premium for those long term because mm -hmm. PSA is ju it's just going to have that extra little mm, if you have the ten. The pop report is non-existent on those. It's sub one hundred mm -hmm. on all those cards, and at some point the community is going to wake up to that because right now they're focusing on new stuff they're not focusing on 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 watsi right when they go back to watsi and they're like oh wait there's something here then we're going to be the guys that were geniuses for buying in all these psa 10s because not only that you're the cards you were just holding are never going to be younger than they are right now mm -hmm. they are just going to get older and older and they're going to be 30 years old and we all even out of the pack they're not pristine and mint and they can still get psa sixes and sevens so long term and i was like i'd rather give the nine away which is you know it was a hefty card still is mm -hmm. at the at the hype it was selling for fifteen thousand. came all the way down to seven i traded it for seven for 7k worth of psa 10s because i think that is the play long term that and i was trying to build out the gym collection for psa 10s mm -hmm. but i used it's, it as you know it's interesting how it shifted right because yep. last year in 2020 all of the focus, at least in my opinion, was Watson. on the vintage stuff. Yep. And now it's like shifted now where a lot of the focus is on modern. It, at least in my perception. I could be totally wrong. I, I'm interested to get your take on it. But it definitely seems like a lot of people are, are... And I think it's because... I think it's because of the backlog with PSA. People just aren't getting cards graded with them. And so yep. now it's like, okay, let me try to focus on the modern stuff, maybe flipping singles, maybe trying to get, you know, try to find a niche maybe in modern sealed products and and maybe try to take advantage of the wave system, try to take advantage when maybe we've got a long hiatus. I buy a booster box for $90. I flip it for $180 uh, because we haven't seen that subsequent wave. So that could be it. But it, it is very interesting how these cards that are so old, so vintage, mm -hmm. are are basically trading at a discount to their modern counterparts. It's 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 nuts. I mean I mean, just looking side by side, I mean you I could get two PSA ten Watsy Hollows that are no one wants. Let's say a Ditto from Jim, and we'll say uh, a Muck from Fossil. And it's trading at the same price as a loose uh, Rayquaza from from Evolving Skies, the you know the the secret rare or the alt art, right? Mm -hmm. That's going for three hundred, four hundred dollars, or whatever it is. That's that's psycho to me. I'm, yeah. it, I can't even have that conversation. Um, I can tell you probably why the focus has shifted from vintage is because uh, I think a lot of people got burned when they bought they bought during the Logan the the Logan spike mm -hmm. and they bought at the peak. And then they saw their investment, if that's how they were looking at it, or their purchase, you know, lose half its value. Like they just bought a brand new car and they drove it off the lot and it's worth 60%, you know, the, from what they bought it at. Mm. And then also, I think the scalpers have have also shifted their attention from, from vintage also. Because I think scalpers and flippers, like true flippers, when I when we when we when I say I flip a card, I'm buying it to reinvest, not to to do, you know, to try to so there's there's a difference right like i'm mm -hmm. buying it to like kind of feed my family and like you know do and then feed my addiction so there's that right these guys are exploiting the market and then they cause this frenzy mm -hmm. right in the market 
and that's and then it, it you know and then it peaks out and then it has to come back down so i think they've also shifted their attention somewhat to the new you know they was happening a lot with hidden fates you know you'd have these guys they were going into target and they were buying all the eat they bought every product that was mm -hmm. on that was on on the shelf and then obviously it causes a shortage you know, and then you got these TikTok videos of a dude. I saw a dude that had 300 Hidden Fates ETBs in his living room. I'm mm -hmm. like, someone needs to go get that guy. Call the police. You know, <laughs> we need those back in circulation. Yeah. You know, so I think that had something to do with it, too. You know? Yeah. yeah but no, even, that makes yeah. sense. Makes yeah. Sense. Even still, I tell people not to not to give up on vintage. And if they've been in it long enough, they're still doing very well for themselves. You know, mm -hmm. I feel bad for the people that said, Ooh, evolutions. Ooh, Logan Paul. Ooh, I'm buying a PSA 10 Charizard for $20,000 and now it's worth 10. I feel really bad for those guys. Yeah. I don't feel bad for the guys like us that have been in it for a long time. And they, you know, there was a time where you, I passed on a PSA 10 Charizard for $990 in like i don't even know 2014 20 mm -hmm. and at the time i told the guy i'm like you're freaking nuts listen this <laughs> yeah. thing's never going to be worth this much okay mm -hmm. you're it's it's shiny cardboard forget it you know what i mean because yep. i could buy i could buy an unweighed booster pack back then of base set for 40 bucks yep. i could buy a charizard mint minty for 50 dollars. that's the best hit out of the pack mm -hmm. and this guy wants 900 for a psa 10 i'm like kick rocks dude no way I'm the fool. Dude, funny story. I used to do like a little bundle thing where if mm -hmm. I was trying to move a graded card, I would basically put, I would combine it with a pack. So I sure. combine like maybe a base set Charizard with a base set pack and sell it as a bundle. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just to sprinkles. Try to move it, dude. Sprinkles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And, and, and I think, again, like what you're saying here, for, for guys like us that have been in the hobby, for a good amount of time and it sounds like you've been in it even longer than me um it's just it's just a night and day difference it's a night and day difference and um the thing that i am happy about that i'm starting to see is that the people that are sticking around right like the, the you've seen the popularity of of pokemon cars and just you know pokemon content and everything you've seen it take a hit um, especially over this year. But the people that are sticking around are the people that are like, you know what? I'm going to watch all the videos that I can. I'm going to learn everything that I can. I made some mistakes over this last year, but I'm going to learn from them. And I'm going to understand how to not make those uh, again, right? And I'm not going to feed into the fervor of when this something like this happens again right you're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be more well positioned to sell into the highs and buy into the lows and you know it's just like right now like right now there's so many opportunities out there and and this is kind of what i want to discuss next with you is just the opportunities that you're seeing in yeah. the current market um but for me like it, it really doesn't matter like i've been involved in so many different markets uh you know pokemon is just a very small small portion of mm. of my overall we'll call it portfolio right um but real estate the financial markets crypto i mean all of these different things um various different businesses so i've seen the ebbs and flows and and it's pretty much the same across all of them right like people always like humans are we're horrible investors because yeah. it goes against our instinct of what we should do when we see prices start to fall on products 
We want to run. We want to sell. We want to flee for the hills. Mm. And it, it's like a psychological barrier that is so hard for so many people to overcome um, rather than kind of taking more of that dollar cost averaging approach where it's like, hey, I don't care what the market's doing. I'm always going to be in the market no matter what it's doing. So I, let's jump into I, that. What, what, what are you seeing right now? Yeah, and I, and I'll say just to piggyback off that, and I'm gonna give some, and I'll give some some sets that people can get into because I'm sure people want to hear about that. But Pokemon is probably the most dangerous for me because I can't sneak into my garage in the night and open up a Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's calling me, right? So there's there's that factor, right? So there's you know I'm tempted. I think for people, if you're looking to get into Pokemon, as long as you have a very sound core list of fundamental uh, rules that you live by, that that other people will say oh yeah that's that's good you know what i mean like the like the like the advice that we're giving as long as you live by that you don't overbuy you don't overextend i am the biggest fan my number one uh bit of advice for buying into sets buy what you love because if it goes to zero you'll have just as much fun opening it that's what i've always said if mm -hmm. any of the stuff that's behind me goes to zero i'll at least be able to open it and enjoy the cards but if you don't have that part of it then don't do it because you, you're going to be you, you might be disappointed on some stuff so mm -hmm. so that that those are the, those that's my advice on that um okay so let's talk should we go for like because I, well, I thought about this should we go for the best my my like the set that i think is gonna is gonna explode long term and like i'm let's think of a five-year kind of like delta okay mm -hmm. like i think i'm just gonna say the best right off the bat and i'm gonna tell you why and it's so unique and i don't know why more people aren't talking about it evolutions okay <laughs> you're preaching to the choir brother or or, or my or my, <laughs> as my daughter used to say when she was a kid evolutions because i bought i bought so much of it okay mm -hmm. so and it wasn't this way when it when it first came out something very interesting came out it happened with evolutions and i'll explain to people because they always hear me and i and it's in every one of my breaks because not only obviously it gives you the feels nostalgically but it's you know it's a, it's really a goaded set and it's very unique for one reason and i'll tell you why if you think i'd like you to think of any other set where the chase card the chase card that you're looking for is not a full art and it's not a, you know, one of the bigger, it's not an alternate art or a hyper rare or whatever. The chase card in Evolutions is a standard hollow Charizard, the one that everyone wants from base set, okay? Why is this important? Aside from people, because Evolutions is one I think is one of the most pirated sets, like when making fakes, I've seen a lot of oh, fakes yeah. of Evolutions. Um, I think it's one of the most open and resealed sets. I've bought in a lot of those by accident, right? Not buying from reputable sources. But then also, it's not weighable. There's people that say that they can weigh contemporary. They have a, they have a, a system, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. This actually does away with all, because I don't know if that's true or not, because I don't weigh stuff. I've never been a weigher, you mm -hmm. know? So I don't know much about that. So I don't know if that's true or not. But Evolutions is so unique because it all it's almost as if the lighter packs would have what you're looking for if you were that right so it's kind of protected for me it has a shield for me in that way not to mention it's the reprint of base set it has secret rares it has break cards it has you know full arts and then the hollows and then all of its nostalgia mm -hmm. evolutions right now i am buying as much as i can 
And I don't care if it goes to zero because it won't. And I don't care that it was printed into oblivion, okay? Because it was. It was nuked as far as prints are concerned. But they did that in 1999 also, okay? They printed a bunch of base set. So, and we all know how that did. Evolutions right now, you can buy. People don't want to buy the booster box for 700 bucks, 800 bucks. Understandable. You can buy 36 packs for $500 right now. Mm -hmm. And for me, long-term, 15 bucks a pack, there's no reason in my mind why in 10 years, those aren't going to be $100 a pack. Mm -hmm. There's just no, in my mind, I could be wrong. There could mm -hmm. be someone that has a trillion Evolutions booster boxes in a shipping container in their backyard. I don't know. But, and then they're going to release it on the world. But I think even then, they wouldn't have enough to quench the thirst of people like us in five to 10 years that want to open it for their live channels and they have thousands yeah. watching. Well, dude, and here's something, here's something that I have to lay down real quick because I think this is something that a lot of people overlook is when we, you know, people will always give that, that argument that, oh, there's, there's people out there with just a warehouse full of evolutions or a warehouse full of hidden fates. And it's like, what is the, the cost benefit scenario of that, of, if these are the people, let's say that you're putting down $10,000, $20,000 on evolutions. What what else out there could be making you more money in that time frame? Like, this is why I tell people all the time that for me personally, Pokemon composes less than 10% of my overall investment portfolio. Because to be quite honest with you, there's, there's really a lot of other better investment vehicles out there that will make you a lot more money than pokemon will not only that but the government will also give you a lot of tax deductions and a lot of mm -hmm. tax benefits for investing in those investment vehicles right so if you've got somebody out there that has the capital and the means to invest that much in one particular product and they say i'm gonna sit on this for like we've been talking about 10 years, 20 years, something like that. At some point, I can't see them holding that and not wanting to offload a good amount of that for the next best thing, right? So if MetaZoo takes off or if there's some other uh, NFT out there that takes off, I cannot imagine that these people would not want to offload of the vast majority of that on the next best thing or and, another and, investment vehicle that is a better use of those dollars. And and let's let's think logically also. And I and I've said this to to my viewers too because they give me that argument about someone holding all the stock and then releasing it. They wouldn't hold it for 10 years. And then let's say in 10 years an evolutions box is going for $1500, okay? they wouldn't release it at $500. They're going to sell them one at a time for $1,500. Exactly. Cause that's what they've been sitting. They're not going to, they're not going to destroy the market unless they're, you know, they, they just want to watch the world burn. They're, they're going to sell them to you one at a time for $1,500, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it, even if you went with that play, it's not an argument per se, because they're not going to sit on it for 10 years just to, just to ruin that part of the market. You know what right. I mean? Right. So, because if you do, if you offload that much, all at once well guess what maybe maybe you make out well in that first that first uh shipment or whatever that you send out but the price is just going to continue to go down as more of those come onto the market it's just going to get cut 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 right so who who really wants to do that
right? Right. It, yeah. The only thing that I could see is a, a better ploy, if it were me, would be you release a little bit of that. It's a slow trickle into the secondary market over whatever period of time that is. Say it's 20 years or something. So maybe in five years, you start to release a little bit. In 10 years, you start to release more, 15, 20. Uh, to me, that would be a better ploy because then I can start to reinvest that back into, again, like I was saying, more efficient investment vehicles. Yeah. Now, I personally, I'm not sitting on $20,000 of evolutions, right? right? But if I was, that's what I would do. Yeah, me, no, um, if me, I didn't plan either. on offloading that and using it elsewhere. I'm I'm buying it personally because it like if this, you know, my channel's becoming a thing. It wasn't a thing six months ago, you know, mm -hmm. but it's becoming a thing and it's starting to make money. So I want to be able to have inventory to open up. You know what I mean? I'm mm -hmm. doing it for the love of the opening and then just, you know, that part of it. So I need enough so that I'm not buying it in five years from now for $50 a pack because that's going to get really expensive and people might not want to pay that then. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to buy it now so then I can give it at a reasonable price later on. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, if you want to move into the next set, um, I think Shine Shining Legends is such a, even still, it's such a slept on set. And everyone that I knew at the time hated Shining Legend. And they're like, oh, this is going to zero. This is trash. But again, that was a time when it wasn't incredibly profitable to, to try to do something like this or whatever. But um, the set itself, I think, is strong. It has really good shinies in it. Uh, and you could still buy packs for what I consider relatively reasonable at 25 bucks. You know, under mm -hmm. 30 bucks, I think, is a reasonable price. Because people ask me, I have all different levels. I have guys that want to buy. They they have no. I have some rich people in in, in the squad. They, they have endless amounts of money. It seems. Then I have guys that are kind of in the middle, and then I have guys that are like, hey, you know, what do I do? What what are some good packs? So I try to provide some advice at every level. Mm -hmm. And for the middle for the middle guys, you know, that can spend thirty to fifty dollars a pack. I think Shining Legends is is huge. It's it's mm -hmm. going to age so well, and then. Hidden Fates kind of falls in that in 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 that, but like a step lower, right? Because you can get it for for cheaper. But those all of those goaded shining sets, they're just gonna age so well. They're not gonna Hidden Fates is in, is never gonna be less than ten dollars a pack. I'm sorry to tell mm -hmm. you, it's just not gonna happen. You know. Yeah. And then the and then the collection boxes that come with it. Like I bought I my last episode, I bought thirty collection boxes. It cost me a good amount of money, but I'm get I'm buying those to you know to fund other things like you said later on or to break open later on and then you know feed it to the squad depending on mm -hmm. where they're at so i'm just trying to make moves for the future so that i'm not sit stuck there but paying the premium for a set that everyone wants to open i want to be able to have it mm -hmm. you know so well you know man and, and i agree with you on on all fronts on that um what i would say is that mine is slightly different in that mm -hmm. i love those but I like the versions that come from across the pond. So mm. I love evolutions. I like CP6 even more. Mm. Like I like the I like the upcoming celebrations, but I like the 25th anniversary Japanese sets even more. Right? right? Because the thing about it is those products, knowing full well how difficult it really is to get products from Japan how exclusive so much of that stuff is, I think 
in the past, we saw, or we continue to see, the English equivalents of Japanese sets always outperformed. We're starting to, I think, move into a new paradigm, a new era where people are starting to get back to the roots. They're starting to get back to the Japanese cards, the Japanese sets, vintage and modern. And they're starting to learn that so much of this stuff is very exclusive and it's really hard to get outside of Japan. So again, I, and, and it's all on a spectrum, right? Right. You were talking about those levels. You've got your top tier investors, you've got your middle, you've got your blue collar, and then you've got, you know, your, your working man. Um, I've used that similar analogy in the past where it's like, if you can't get first edition base set, then you get, ba then you get uh, Shadowless. If you can't get Shadowless, you get Unlimited. If you can't get Unlimited, you get Japanese. Then you go to Evolutions. And it used to be CP6. Right. Now CP6 has eclipsed Evolutions. And you're starting to see that more and more with a lot of these. You look at something like um, you know, Evolving Skies, which is essentially the um, amalgamation of Eevee Heroes and uh, Blue Sky Stream, or not Blue, yeah, Blue Sky Stream. And uh, these Eevee Hero boxes, sitting strong, dude. These things yeah. are, are, are going to continue to just go up and up and up. And because one of the big reasons is because it's got that Espeon VMAX promo card, we're not going to get that card. I'm right. telling you guys right now, I mean, you guys can come back and you can slap me across the face if I'm wrong, <laughs> but uh, we're not getting that card. That is going to be exclusive to that set and to that box. And that's why I really, to, for me personally, I really am starting to focus more and more on Japanese cards, vintage and modern, and Japanese sets, because I think that based upon that exclusivity and based upon that fact of being hard to get i think that is going to be an allure for a lot of collectors for for years to come i i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more and it's something that i've been educating myself on that i've never i never jumped all into japanese i'm 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 that's what i'm studying the most now mm -hmm. is i want to know everything about japanese i want to know the crossover names um all of that stuff obviously i know all the vintage stuff but even the newer stuff and i'm talking about exclusive cards right i exploited this in a way i haven't sold it but or sold them i should say but back when okay i don't know if you know about this card i'm sure you do but there was the there was the ev and porygon uh fan club cards okay mm -hmm. so one was a 300 pointer and a 500 pointer in 2015 I bought from a guy in Japan an EV fan club for, and it was mint for $700. Back then, that was obscene. Okay. <laughs> it was, it was obscene. When this guy, this guy was the best salesman I ever met. Okay. He told me, he's like, you can only get this. You have to be a Japanese resident. It has to be shipped over. And it's for, you have to do these following things to get it. I was, I'm a huge evolution line fan. I love, I love the whole line. Mm -hmm. I'm like, give me that card right away. I got it. I got it graded. I, it, and I tried it again. It got nines both times. It had a little Nick with it, which I didn't see or whatever, mm -hmm. but even a PSA nine of that card goes for about $4,500 right now. Yeah. A PSA 10 goes for $10,000 at the time people that, and that's after the prices have come down. Mm -hmm. That card was going for seven to eight thousand dollars in a nine when the, when the whole hype happened when they were, people were buying everything they didn't care what it was. 
people said I was a lunatic back then. I'm like, this card is so exclusive and there's others like it. You want to talk about a more contemporary um, version is when they're doing the mashups with Mario and Luigi. Oh, for sure. When, yeah. when they're doing, when they're doing the, uh, no one talks about Poncho Pikachus. You can get a Charizard Poncho Pikachu where Pikachu is wearing a poncho of either Charizard, the bo both Mega Evolutions, Rayquaza, Magikarp, Gyarados, whatever you want, and he's wearing the poncho. They're mashing up the you know two fan favorites, and I'm like, when you could buy these cards for a hundred bucks, I'm like, go get them now. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm getting I'm get the box, open one, keep one sealed. These mm. things are gonna these things are gonna skyrocket. Yeah. Everyone's like, nope, you're crazy. You know, because it was like three years ago or whatever, and like you're nuts. It's what does a PSA? What do these cards go for? You know what I mean? It's it's insane. It, it's insane. And there's so many, like you're saying, there's so many areas if you're looking to, you know, exploit. I, I don't, I wouldn't say exploit because I don't sell anything like uh, like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't realize my equity, but I know it's doing well. But if mm -hmm. you want to jump in somewhere where you can be real, feel real good about it, um, promotional Japanese all the way, mash up anything where they're mashing America, you know, like, uh, it's not an American icon because it didn't originate in America. But when you're talking about Mario Brothers and Luigi mm -hmm. and then Pikachu, I mean, the, uh, you know, it's huge. They're, they're going to do well. They're not going to go to zero. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see how all of that uh, plays out, because I again, I'd like to get your opinion, but I, I'm starting to see a little bit of a paradigm shift again. And I think it's because people realize now how vast this hobby really is right like for a lot of people that jumped in in 2020 it was like base set that was it maybe base set jungle fossil right maybe team rocket like that's all that was in their their scope of, right. of vision right right and then you start to learn about all of these other areas out there this vast this vast plethora of of cards and and products and all these different things and you're starting to see a push, I think, towards the more exclusive. You know, they, I, they're really starting to take old Scott Pratt's, uh, his tenants to heart. And and, and who uh, is laughing all the way to the bank? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Th that dude. Oh, like the trophy cards. Oh, my gosh. People said that there was no. I bought the, the, in there. I have I have so many loose trophy cards that I just picked up. I mean, people were just selling them for nothing. Mm -hmm. They're for nothing. And they're mint, mint Japanese trophy cards. Um like I'm a huge fan of staff cards, you know, mm -hmm. I have a couple uh, evolution staff card I, and at the time I'm like, I don't care they, they, you, they could be 50, they could be a hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. I don't care. A staff, what is a, a loose staff evolution cargo for now? A thousand dollars. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's the ex, like you said, the exclusivity, another card, if someone for those top end guys right now, um, another pro tip, vivid voltage. If you want to stay American, uh, vivid voltage staff Charizard. It went skyrocketed up to like four or five thousand. It's back down to like two thousand ish for PSA ten. I think it's. I, I think there's a lot of them out there. I still think it's a good investment play for a long term play. And the reason why is that was the last staff Charizard that they said that they're going to print. Is that isn't that correct? I think yeah yeah yeah. So there, and, there's and the reason there's being, an angle just, to there. just to give you a little background on that, it's because okay. the hosts, you know, the people that got these staff promo cards were turning around and selling these. They saw the prices that they were going for. They they realized that exclusivity and they were selling them. And Pokemon said, hey, 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 we're giving you these things for free for basically being a premier store of Pokemon right. and you're taking advantage of it. And that's why they ended 
the staff cars. And Evolution set that off, I think. Mm -hmm. And then they already had probably the Vivid Voltage Charizard slated. Mm -hmm. And that was the last one. So, and people are going to wake up to that in five to 10 years. And guess what? That might be a 10K card. You just yeah. don't know, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. I yeah. mean, well, and that's, that's really the core of the conversation that I wanted to really get into here today is that. I think for a lot of people, and again, having a background in, in finance as a, an advisor, having been in the real estate world as well, and, and seeing people's emotions, you know, when things, when things are falling, when things are going down, when there's uncertainty, just people panic. They just mm. panic and they and they don't see the gems that exist before their eyes. You know, Warren Buffett, one of my favorite sayings from him is he said, never let try to get this right never let a good crash go to waste he never did wow. because that's when he made his the most money when the economy was failing when there was crashes when everybody else was panicking and running for the hills he was scooping up things and then when it comes back up which it inevitably does every to. single time you buy the dip and and for me, because I mean, we've been, we've seen the, I've seen the dog days, you know, I, I've, I was a Kings fan for a long time before they won a championship. I live in LA. <laughs> I was a Kings fan before it was cool. We're at the forum watching Gretzky lose, you mm -hmm. know, he, he won, but he, but we never won a championship. I've been in Pokemon where if you made, I used to go to make 10% on a graded card after everything was said and done. That was, that was the, that was the profit margin. That was the play. Mm -hmm. Now even if we're in a dip or whatever it is that you want to call this a lull or whatever, I think there's a difference between a market crash and where it's correcting. Mm -hmm. And then also I think there's a solidification that happens in the market when it goes down and it truly shows you the baseline. It truly shows you what the, what the hobby can endure price wise. And it also shows you, not only will it show you the basement, it'll show you the attic. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so, so it, it shows you, it shows you the dyad between where you're going to go down, which is if you've been in a lot for a long time, it's hundred times over what you paid. And then it'll show you, Hey, there's no reason Logan Paul or not. He still has four more first edition boxes and there's still a lot that, that the Pokemon company has to give. And there's a lot of growth left. Why? There's no reason why it can't hit that plus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it uh, peaks are just as important to me i'm sorry valleys are just as important as peaks because mm -hmm. it shows you a baseline shows you where where your where your basement is and then where you can go from there and what it can reach i mean yeah. no one th nobody if i went to you right now nav if i went to you in 2013 and i said buy as many psa 10 charges as possible for a thousand dollars each and they were selling for 200 you'd probably tell me to, to get lost Mm -hmm. uh, you know or if i told you to buy a first edition charizard in 2014 for ten thousand dollars and I said, listen to me. And I came to you like Biff in Back to the Future. And I said, <laughs> this book will tell you all you need to know in sports betting. If I told you this card is going to sell for a half a million dollars, okay? You'd be like, get away from me, old man. You stink. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, it, it, you know, it's important. The past, you know, learning from the past is just as important as, you know, seeing what, what the future can hold. So, mm-hmm. You know, and we're collecting those right now in the present moment. Re you need to realize that too, folks. Is that the present moment is is probably the most important because you can't 
But here's the thing. You can't predict the future. You can try, right? You can try. You can't change the past, but you can always control your present moment, right? Yeah. The decisions that you're making right now. Learn from the past. Understand the data points and the historical, uh, the historical incidents that we've had that can help you to better understand the future course of things. But it's what you're doing right now. It's how you're setting yourself up uh, right now. And um, there's always opportunities. All, and always and I would say to lean on, don't lean, there's, there's people that give advice, I think, that are pillars and there's people that are pebbles, right? I would lean on people that have been there like, you know, for me, like I took plays off a of nav, you know, whether you, whether you knew it or not, I would listen to what you would say and I'd make certain strategic plays if that's what you were trying to do. And they've done very well for me and I'm surrounded by some of them. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, I would say lean on people that have been there before, take their advice to heart, try to hear what they're saying, and then try to execute on whatever level you're buying at. It could be small, medium, or large everyone started at zero including myself and yourself mm -hmm. so people always are like they they get intimidated that you know people have so much in the, the hobby so big forget all that start where you can buy what you love lean on people that have been there before and then i really t if you're going to listen here listen to investing to people talking about investing there's people that i see on youtube that talk about investing and don't and don't actually implement what they're talking about mm -hmm. and then there's people that that you see that are buying what they're saying you know mm -hmm. that's why as much as i can i try to show when i buy what i'm saying because that way i'm in the boat with them if they sink i sink mm -hmm. so that you know so that, so they believe it you know what i mean or at least they it maybe gives them some confidence that's yeah. how i feel about it no no I, I i totally agree with that and uh you know it's it's one of those things again like like what sean's saying here guys is that you have to, you have to, and I've said it before too, you have to be able to start somewhere, right? You start somewhere, you build off of that. And the, the, perhaps the most important investment that you'll ever make, I'll say this right now, the most important investment that you'll ever make is the investment in yourself. Invest in your education, invest in learning more about your craft. Right. So if you plan on making a business, if you plan on creating some kind of investment portfolio out of Pokemon, cultivate your craft. Don't just you know, don't just go into this willy nilly like so many people did over 2020 and just get burned. Right. You do it within your means. Don't over leverage yourself and, and you will be there for the long term. You will be there for the long term and you will be more successful and enjoy it, you know. Mm -hmm. If you if you if you've lost the enjoyment of just cracking a pack by yourself, but uh, my, my my guy my my community makes fun of me constantly because I'll throw up on Discord a uh, a huge hit that I got in my garage by myself, no cameras on. I still do that to this day, and it's just for the love of it. Mm -hmm. If you've lost that, get out. Go find something that you that you let because you'll just be left with cardboard at the end of the day. You right. know you still have to love it. And, and I, and, and I, I preach that to my guys, if you can't crack a pack by yourself without the camera on, then maybe, you know, you shouldn't be putting it in front of the camera. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you know, I was talking to my good buddy, uh, Jules the other day. I don't know if you, you're familiar with Jules. I, I am. 
he's taken a he's taken a hiatus from Pokemon over the last few months, or at least content creating. And I was talking to him the other day, and I said, "Hey, man, you know what? What have you been doing? You know, since you haven't been doing content?" And he said, "You know, I've been doing some traveling. Went to some comic cons. Went to some conventions." And he said, "You know, dude, it feels good because I can go and I can crack packs and I can and and I enjoy it because it's just me. There's no camera there. I don't have to worry about putting it out there to anybody else. It's just me and the hobby and and my passion for the hobby." And uh, that's something that can be tough sometimes when you get into this realm, especially of content creation, where you feel like it has to be portrayed to an audience, right? And yeah. and sometimes you feel like <laughs> I've even experienced it sometimes where I maybe open in a pack and I'm like, should I be filming this? Should I be right? You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And uh, sometimes you just have to step away and 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 realize why it is that you got into it in the first place, what it is at the core of your being that brings you passion for that hobby. Um, and especially when you get so knee deep into it, like the two of us where you've created businesses, you're you're investing in it, your whole life it seems to revolve around, around this, around Pokemon. And uh, sometimes you do, sometimes you just have to step away and, and do it for yourself right it's, 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 for it's you. bro it's so true it, because really people feel that too you know because for us we're still just starting but is you know we still love it and and if you don't if you if you're always sincere i think it's it, your your core audience base is gonna is gonna be with you forever because if you pander too much and you don't link to them you know like one of my biggest pet peeves i don't care how big my channel gets i answer every if you look at any one of my videos any one of my questions or comments, I answer every question to the best of my ability, even though it takes me hours and my wife hates it and I'm mm -hmm. sitting there in the middle of the night answering questions. I never want to leave someone at the table without any answers. And mm -hmm. because these the guys that are asking are the ones that love it. And mm -hmm. that was me when I would be yeah. commenting Rev or commenting you. That was me when I started. So I never want to lose sight of that. And I never want to lose sight of just loving the hobby. If it, if it, if it no longer becomes fun, I don't, losing the channel won't, won't change my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So right. I, so as long as I'm still having fun with it and the people are still enjoying it, whatever, I'll still keep, I have a lot more garage to build out. I'll make a <laughs> freaking thing in here. Okay. I'll, I'll paint the walls green. I don't mm -hmm. care. You know, and you'll see me dancing on the moon. I don't, I don't give a crap, whatever it is, but I'll never stop, uh, you know, loving the hobby and cracking packs by myself, chasing that card. And it's just like, you know, it makes you feel, I don't know, it's different, you know? Mm -hmm. I can't open up every pack on camera because it's not totally genuine. Mm -hmm. And I don't get the same feel, you know? Yeah. So to, I don't know if, you, if you're wrapping up, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll tell you this, okay? And this is a real life story. I'm, I'm, I've known Lee and Hart. I've known Lee Steinfeld for seven years. He's a very, very uh, kind of removed guy a little bit, right? Because his channel's so big. And he has 1.5 million subscribers, right? And we've talked about it and he goes, you know, you can tell he has the weight of the world on his shoulders because he has got, he's opened stuff. He opens thousands, people fail to realize he's opened, he opens thousands of dollars worth of vintage product every week. Mm -hmm. And he is chasing this high and it's, you know, he's mentioned it. It's like, it's almost not fun at some point because he can't just enjoy it anymore mm -hmm. he's constantly on the spot 
So if you're looking to get into this, uh, if you have a channel or whatever, or just, you know, whatever it is, don't lose sight of having fun with it because you'll, at the end of the day, you're gonna wake up, you've either sold everything and realized your investment, or you're sitting in a room with millions of dollars worth of product that you have no emotional attachment to. Mm -hmm. And then you're just gonna be like, okay, it's just cardboard. And then yeah. you're like, you know, and you forgot why you started, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, is, is something that I wanna say here too is that I've heard from a lot of other people out there that have always said, don't turn your passion into a business. And I, for me personally, I actually totally disagree with that because Same. for me, like nothing, like the, the passion for the hobby keeps me motivated, but also creating a business around my passion and being able to support my family from it, like that motivates me even more so. So like, that's the dream. It's that's the, the dream. dream. It's it's totally the dream. And so for anybody out there, like if anybody's telling you that you don't, you know, don't turn your passion into a business. Well, then what are you doing? Right? right. The vast majority of people work jobs that they don't enjoy, that they have no passion for. So, you know, what's the alternative? Right. What's the well, alternative? What, what's the saying? Find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I cannot wait to th as a man, I'm a man. I can't wait to throw on a wig and some some glasses from the late 90s and jazzercise in front of a green screen. It's yes. a frick it's a blast, man. Mm -hmm. And then the people enjoy you know, it's like it's just and it's what I love to do and it's what I love to do right now. I, is this going to what be what I love to do in 5 years from now? I don't know. I don't know what this is going to be. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you if dude, that's the you just described the dream to me. Being mm -hmm. able to to uh, to support for my family doing something that I love to do. I think that's what every person needs to be looking to do. Yeah. Like literally. Definitely. So, Definitely. Yeah, man. Well, hey, man, I uh, I truly appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure getting to chat with you. Uh, before we sign off here today, I actually, for everybody that is uh, is watching right now, I actually do have a surprise here tonight. Oh, but wow. before I get to that, uh, I want to give you an opportunity. Uh, anybody out there, maybe from the NAB Nation, that hasn't discovered you yet or hasn't checked you out, uh, what are all of your handles, all the social media, all that good stuff that they can find you? Uh, dude, I appreciate that. So our Discord is is the Pokeball. Um, you can, I mean, th that's that that's a great place to be if you're looking to trade. And the, our community is hands down amazing. If you're familiar with Discord, a lot of people don't know about Discord. Our Instagram is Pokeball Eight, and we're just Pokeball uh, on YouTube. And we do, you know, we do investing, we do openings, we do uh, live box breaks. We do, um, you know, just random, like I'll hop on with my community and there'll be like, you know, 50 to 60 people in there. And I just let them open up and ask me questions. Um, I do, mem I, I'll do, I'm going to start to do, cause I just, I, it just got to 40 something people, but for our members, I'm going to start doing exclusive members, just chats once a month mm -hmm. because these guys have questions and I'm going to try to give them their two dollars and 99 cents back in some way or another so you know I'm, I'm so there's a lot of things happening and that's how you can uh that's how you can find me excellent excellent yeah, well and and you my friend are inching <laughs> ever closer to that next big milestone of ten thousand subscribers dude it is that's a um it doesn't feel real people say it all the time they say road to 10k right there that's what my guys are saying 
Seven months ago, I was at zero with no ability whatsoever to even contemplate how to put on, how to upload a YouTube video. I didn't even know how to do it. Yeah. To go from that to this is mind boggling. It's confusing. It's impossible without the people that are around me that support me. Some, mm -hmm. many of them pro bono and I pay them in Pokemon cards, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like that. Um, it just doesn't seem real, man. 10,000 seems insane. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to get to, to where you are and then see where we can go from there. Well, I'll tell you what, man, um, you're, you're already inching ever closer just on your own accord, you know, on your great content and just you as a person. Uh, but for anybody out there that's watching, listening, maybe you're going to watch this in the replay. I want to provide maybe a little more incentive for you to go over and subscribe to this great guy. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide a little bit more incentive. So for everybody that goes over, subscribes to PokeVault, when he hits 10,000 subscribers, I'm going to go ahead and throw just this sealed booster box, Battle Styles, for him to uh, give away to his community. Um, so when he hits 10,000, I'll let him decide how he wants to do that. Um, but I just want to encourage all of you out there, if you guys are listening, watching, make sure you subscribe to this guy. Let's help get him to uh, 10,000 subs and, uh, you know, you can get uh, you can get a little bit of uh, uh, more incentive there through a battle styles uh, booster box. That's really generous for you, bro. Thank you so much. And I'm kind of nervous now. If that's the 10k, get, like, what am I going to give you for when, when you hit 20,000? So that that now it's making me a little bit nervous. So <laughs> well, well, we'll so, find something. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> quid 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 pro quo. Except it's yeah. not really it's not really quid pro quo. But what I will say is that I'm also looking for that next milestone of 15,000 subscribers so anybody that can help from the from the vault squad that can help get me to 15,000 subscribers so both from the nav nation from the vault squad anybody can help me get there um i'll do a giveaway for everyone that has subscribed to both my channel and to sean uh we'll do a 1999 japanese oh my uh, gosh southern islands i want squad. that we were, we were talking about uh, Japanese cards earlier, and uh, this card, you're talking about PSA like this, try to do it in the right direction, this Mew card. If you guys can get this in a uh, PSA 10, it's about a $10,000 card. PSA 9 still go for around $200. Um, but those are just so cool, so nostalgic. And that's one of the reasons why I wore my uh, my Hawaiian nice. shirt tonight. Nice. You guys might have been wondering that. Um, you know, what is this just Pokenav's normal attire? Well, it is. But I also wanted to wear it tonight um, for the uh, the tropical vibes as well. So well, I, I'm already subscribed, so I can't enter. I'm already in. <laughs> so if any of the squad members are listening right now, go down, hit the subscribe button. Okay, don't. And if you don't, then you're out of the squad, and everyone in Discord <laughs> will attack you. Okay, and you know who I'm talking about. So subscribe, like, and hit the bell for notifications so you don't miss any content. And yeah, that's all I have to say. And if you don't do it. We already know, so there. I don't know how, but we know someone will find it. will find out that you didn't hit the subscribe button. <laughs> That's really generous, bro. Hey, of course, man. Of course. Yeah. No, I, I, I truly love uh, the content that you're putting out, and you're just. I really want to promote like people in the hobby that I think are very genuine, just good people, and uh, you know, if I if I can help you get to the next milestone or make it just a little bit faster, then I'm I'm happy to do it. 
Well, let me reach you and then we can run together. How's that? <laughs> hey, you're close, I've... man. You're closing yeah. in fast. I, I don't know, dude. I, I think that like people are unsubscribing and then subscribing again. I, I don't know. I don't really know what's happening because I wake up and it's just like this can't seem real. You know, <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't seem real yet. It's weird. I, I couldn't get 75. I have 7,600 subscribers. I couldn't get 75 people to maybe come to my funeral right now or to my or to my wedding. That's morbid. My wedding. <laughs> okay like i had a hundred people in my wedding like this is ridiculous there's an army there's half of staples center where the yeah. kings play hockey in the squad right now let's go yeah no it's yeah, awesome it's awesome man <laughs> and it, it, it's only it's only going to get better from here and uh, we'll definitely have to do these a little more often because i think that both of our communities uh both appreciate it i think you and i uh, we think a lot alike, and I think a lot of our philosophies are are pretty similar, and I think we 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 definitely bounce ideas well off of each other. Yeah, man. I, I I you know I'm down you know I'm down for it, and I'm just I mean as much as you wanted I didn't even know you were going to do that today. So um, as much as you're willing to help me out, I'm here for you. And yeah, dude, let's just do this together. We can support each other. And then we'll laugh about this. We're like, remember when you had 7,000 subscribers? God, you're <laughs> such a loser, you know? Remember when you, we gave that Battle Styles booster box away and now that thing's at five grand? Remember that? Remember that <laughs> seriously? Remember when everyone said 89 was a bad was a bad price for, for Battle Styles? Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I can't wait for the next one. This was, this was awesome. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah well, again, Sean, appreciate your time, brother. Um, go take care of those kids and... Uh, Maybe maybe give a call to uh, Spectrum as well, and make sure yeah. that uh, you're not on their blacklist anymore. They're on they're on my blacklist now. <laughs> We're changing. We're changing providers. All right, Nav. I appreciate you, bro. Hey, thank you so much, buddy, and thank you to all of you out there, both the Nav Nation and the Vault Squad, for tuning in tonight. And uh, if you're catching this in the replay again, make sure you go subscribe to our boy Pokey Vault and uh, and show the support over there as well. And other than that, guys, we will see you all next time right here on the Pokemon Master.